Had enough of the been there, done that ideas? Tired of too much talk and so little action? Rewind now and welcome to Transformation and Change Radio with Dr. Kathy O'Bear, where the vision of true equity, inclusion, courage, and purpose meet powerfully. Dr. Kathy delivers with dynamic, engaging conversation and the most authentically brave dialogue on air today. This hit show will challenge you to explore current issues of diversity, equity, and inclusion and deepen your capacity to choose courage to speak up to greater inclusion in everything you do. Fasten your seatbelts and accelerate your effectiveness to become a powerful change agent in your life, community, job, and society. Imagine true equity and inclusion and get the tools to really manifest your vision. No frills, no fluff, just really powerful, good stuff. Transformation and Change Radio starts now. Welcome. I'm Dr. Kathy O'Bear, Center for Transformation and Change, and I am particularly excited about my conversation with Alfred Ramirez this morning. Alfred, we met about 20 months ago around pandemic. I started holding these Friday morning community connections for folk, and it's evolved into folks doing anti-racism work, education, consulting. And whenever you show up, I just learn with you and folks so respond to your comments. So what about a month ago, I said, will you come join the show? And then you sent your bio and I had no idea. I knew you were just someone I learned with and just full brilliance. President of Diverse Strategies now had no idea you were in the President Clinton's White House, Associate Director for Presidential Personnel. And then you were worked with the mayor, Henry Cisneros, San Antonio, Texas, who then I think was a secretary in President Clinton's, right? Yes, over at HUD. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you were an assistant director, special assistant with them. You also worked at universities and admissions. You were a director of a $2 million, I can't imagine, mm -hmm. uh, Mattel Foundation Initiative for Parents and Community president of Greater Quad City Chamber of Commerce, Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. I could keep going. Director of Operations, <laughs> United States Hispanic Leadership Institute, Kellogg Fellow, National Urban Fellow, Hispanic Business Magazines, 100 Influential. Listeners breathe, because I could have read a whole nother. <laughs> we are in for a treat today as you bring all of your brilliance and wisdom as we explore and you are on your website, you're very clear about your mission to develop and strengthen leaders and organizations, communities. And what I really loved, I devote my life's work. I want my listeners to really, as we continue, get it in sense of what is their life's work. You said creating access, opportunity, achieving equity, eliminating barriers. That's what we're about here at Transformation and Change Radio. Thank you so much for joining us today. Mm. Wow. Well, thank you. That was very gracious of you to mention all of those things there, Kathy. I, I think really what I need to say, and first of all, I'm learning to accept compliments or, uh, or, uh, or accolades um, because of what, the, what work has gone into that, but also the pain, sweat, and tears that are behind that. And even with all of that, um, uh, you know, the, the humility that we must constantly um, continue to have as we do this work and be humbled by others who are who go unrecognized. Uh, so well, that's the sense with, the, with which I join you today in this room. Mm. 
and particularly as a white person, reminding me hmm. to be humble is always useful <laughs> for my listeners. And that aligns with your vision of a safe, just, equitable world without barriers where you can be your true self, achieve your dreams, whether folks are acknowledged, recognized, get to lead very visibly or not, lead from where you are. This is what we're about here. And would you mind just helping my the listeners know a bit about you? And because you did not just wake up one morning, as you said, a lot of hard work, sweat, tears, barriers. Just can you say a little bit about how you got to where you are? A little bit about your earlier life, how you're doing today. Sure, sure. So I do want to say this, and this is even before I talk about uh, respond to that question. Um, I, you mentioned it that in, in sharing some of uh, my quotes. Um, we all should be looking at uh, whether we're truly living our dream. Uh, is it a dream deferred? Uh, are we allowing others to defer our dream for us? Um, to, to what degree can we control what we can control? and continue to act on our dreams in small steps and then the occasional quantum steps. Right now, I'm really trying to balance and pace myself to, to remind myself when is it a sprint and when is it a marathon? And uh, the hardest thing for me is not to be a hypocrite. You know, physician heal thyself. Am I taking care of myself in the, in the, in the fight, in the struggle? Um, and, uh, and so in that spirit, I'm gonna ask all, the, all you listeners, Get a paper, pen, or your electronic instrument because I want you to capture your aha moments, your revelations, your learning, your unlearning, and even your testimonies and confessions. <laughs> At some point, capture that uh, you can, and, and, and know that this is a learning sharing um, relationship today. So going back to your original question. So I was born and raised in East LA, uh, the oldest of five children. My dad was a barber for 50 years uh, mm -hmm. in, in East LA. And, um, and my mom worked on and off while taking care of us. Um, I grew up with the media and those outside of my area telling me the type of people that lived in East LA. And it wasn't a very positive stereotype or generalization. Um, uh, I did grow up in a really tough section because the gang house was right on my corner. So every day they try to recruit me. I grew up with these kids since, you know, age one. Uh, so it wasn't a hard recruit. But every day, when are you going to join us? When are you going to be one of us? Um, and I was the oldest of five. So I knew if I did join, that we would have four more gang folks after me. Uh, and then maybe a generations after that. So I walked to that line. Uh, even going to school on the bus, I had to go through four different gang territories before I got to school. So one gang would get off, one gang would get on, a new one would get on, another would get off. So I, I walked that tightrope. I also grew up um, in, in the 60s, and, and, uh, and uh, you know, I experienced, uh, I was living during Martin Luther King's assassination, Robert F. Kennedy's assassination, John F. Kennedy's. I was small but still saw it live on, on the tube, the Watts riots, the Chicano moratorium. So I was um, impacted heavily by everything that I was experienced. And, and this is for the listeners here. I just didn't have the vocabulary to put it into words, to define it, to understand it. And the despair that I felt and the constant barriers that I encountered, I did a lot of self-blaming, not understanding at the time that there were reasons for it beyond my control the institutions and the systems that were in place. So that flavored uh, 
what um, what I've you know done um, over the years and what drives me, uh, what what really motivates me, uh, the compassion and the empathy that I have before I call out somebody for being a troublemaker. You know what? Maybe it's good trouble. <laughs> Maybe so. I'm really struck by just so many life experience of walking that tightrope. That was your phrase. Um, I know as I've learned with you over the last year and a half, you have a deep commitment to particularly supporting folks in minoritized identities, particularly folk of color. And you even alluded to one of the challenges of this work is thinking I did something wrong or what do I need to be in? I heard you talk really powerfully about the imposter syndrome and the inner critic and it was just sitting there. So what if we go there now and we can go somewhere else where I had planned it, but what? Sure. sure. Um, so I'm going to ask everyone, um, when you hear the term imposter syndrome, what do you think? Uh, and usually what it is, it's all those negative voices, you know, that, that uh, this, the self doubt, uh, the, the ego behind it, behind the scenes that, you know, says that you were just lucky. It wasn't your skill or talent, your heart, your soul that, that caused that success. Uh, one criticism, uh, you, you know, out of 10, 10, uh, you know, contributions that you've made and, and you get crushed. Um, the slightest flaw in your work, you know, having to be a perfectionist, um, you know, and, and also as you're succeeding, somehow thinking, am I fooling people? You know, when are they going to find out? When is the other shoe going to drop? Uh, and the other thing, is, you know, and I'll talk about this, I guess, now. I, why don't I bring it up? So it's different for, di for different people of different backgrounds. Um, you know, when, when the term imposter syndrome was created, it was two um, white women executives who looked at other executives and, and their sense of imposter syndrome. So it really didn't take into account, uh, you know, any systemic racism, classism, sexism, xenophobia, other biases, uh, you know, racial trauma, racial fatigue, micro and macroaggressions, compassion fatigue. It didn't take into account all of those other pieces that would have someone doubt themselves. Uh, and and so, so many uh, folks who have encountered all those isms that I mentioned and those phobias that I've mentioned are, are busy blaming themselves and trying to work three times as hard just to feel that they've arrived and also because they're asked to. Um, so this, uh, this, this solves, and you know, I, I didn't even mention how internalized racism, systemic racism comes into this or internalized oppression or internalized racism. Now I'm throwing out a lot of terms at, 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 at a breath, at a breath neck, neck speed, but everyone here grabbed on one of those concepts, I'm sure, and heard themselves in there. Uh, but that's the whole mix that is more than imposter syndrome. Uh, it, it, you know, it's, it's a person beat down and, and beat up, and then we begin to internalize it and do it to ourselves. Let me catch my breath for a minute. <laughs> I love it. And as a white woman lesbian, I relate to blaming myself. If I just worked harder, was harder, got another degree. And as you're sharing, I'm reminded that my healing came when I realized the systems of sexism, misogyny, patriarchy, homophobia, heterosexism, and was in some affinity space to do some healing work and also some empowerment thriving work. And mm. if I translate this, cause we do talk and center race here as well, breadth of differences, but particularly race. What mm. I'm realizing is I think systems demand and require not just ask, but tell me if you would disagree 
people of color, indigenous folk to actually lead, do the race work so we white folks can sit back and then if it goes bad, see, you were the problem. And so the exhaustion, the burnout, and then all that emotional labor and career risk Mm -hmm. while also juggling those messages, you're not enough. You'll never be enough. Your deficit. Yes, yes, and yes. I agree with everything you said. And uh, and, and so, so how typical is it? Uh, we take all the blame, and someone else gets all the credit. Uh, and 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 uh, we use our car, and we wear out the tires and the engine, and others will occasionally offer to give you a ride. Uh, so yeah, great <laughs> metaphor. Yeah. Because some listeners may be trying to think, how do we explain these concepts? Who so given all that's been going on, pandemic, up and down, new surge, and then maybe it's getting better, but deaths are still way high. Time of racial reckoning, which I'm finding, many leaders are really backstepping and saying, I didn't say that and not. And then other issues of equity, inclusion. What gives you hope? And what are some of your concerns as you look at kind of this next phase of the work we need to be doing in organizational transformational change? Mm-hmm. So what gives me hope, and actually it comes from a sad place, um, uh, you know, we've experienced a tale of two cities, the best of times and the worst of times. We're experiencing that now for all that's happened just within the last two years or so, pandemic, civil unrest, and, and murders online in real time by, via George Floyd and others before, during, and after. So we have that going on for us, the best of times, the worst of times. So what gives me, and so that correlates to what gives me hope and what gives me concern. Um, the, the, the hope is that um, people are starting to self-educate themselves. Uh, you know, and people, you know, and God bless people of color and allies and active, active, activist allies who are saying, go educate yourself. You know, you do your homework, then we'll talk. You do your history, then we'll talk, you know, uh, you know, then um, I won't have to explain me to you because also you're part of this mix and you're part of this history. You're not part of the blame, uh, you know, but at times you will be part of the privilege and all that comes with it. But let's do, do the work because I've been doing it whether I wanted to or not. Uh, and, I, and also when I've asked to do the work, it's with, sometimes in a, in a split moment. I'm not even planning for that conversation or that comment or that uh, oops, ouch moment. So, there's a, so the hope is that people are self-educating themselves around justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion work, Jedi work, um, and are becoming Jedi warriors, Jedi champions. That's the hope. Um, and, and then they're becoming active allies and co-conspirators. The concern is that uh, how temporary is this? Mm. How knee-jerk is this? How reactionary is this? How performative is this? Am I performing for the crowds, for the customer, for the client, uh, for the employees as a, as a whole? Um, how authentic is it? How long-term is it? How sustainable is it? So that's where that concern comes in. Hmm. One thing, all of it, and one thing particularly, folks in marginalized identities really feeling I have to at any moment be ready and on guard, just not knowing what's going to come, not only to engage, interrupt the microaggression, but also even more hateful, intentional, deliberate 
um, at a personal career risk. So mm -hmm. just breathe because you're probably relating. And if you relate to that, <laughs> being on guard here in uh, Alfred Ramirez might be truth telling that you're now whoo, going in and just notice and just keep breathing. So in your, yeah, in your consulting and coaching, what are some of the strategies to address some of these concerns, to uplift the hope, to address in time, to not have the temporary performing checklist? Um, what are some of the ways that you work with organizations and leaders? One of the things that I do around all of these issues uh, as well, and others beyond and, and above and below and, and on the same line, or I have a motto or a mantra, and it's the following, and it's in this order and not at all. Listen, learn, lead. And that's how I live my life. Listen, ask questions, and listen, and, and, and actually hear, and, and stay quiet for a moment. Don't interject, don't interrupt, don't interrupt, or don't explain somebody to somebody. But there's that listen piece. What, and then learn from that and then and go deeper, go, go the other, other layers to that. And then lead with that or know when to know that you're not the leader now and when to follow. So, so I'll stop there for a moment. But that's listen, learn, lead, I think is key for, from the very beginning, as basic as that is. I love it. And we're having some technical difficulties. So we're going to go to break early. But if you had trouble hearing, Alfred, listen, learn, lead. And we'll start there maybe when we come back. We'll be back in about three to five minutes. This is Transformation Change Radio. Dr. Kathy O'Bear, we'll see you on the other side. Hi, I'm Patricia McNair, host of Divine Guidance with Patricia. And I'm here to help you live a more authentic, spiritually connected life. Join me every first and third Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Being who you are in everyday life is the key to unlocking soul wisdom within that our whole self already knows. Get ready to embrace your spiritual, mental, and emotional well-being, your whole being. Discover your gifts and strengthen your connection to spirit. We will explore earth guidance, divine truth, and love, past life lessons, and so much more. So listen in to Divine Guidance with Patricia and join in your personal adventure to triggering, opening, validating, and being all that you are. For more information about me, visit divineguidance.earth. champion your life with me leanne champion first wednesdays at 1 p.m pacific time on transformationtalkradio.com that new gym membership might help you get fit but what about emotional fitness jump into the rushing waters of personal growth don't waste another minute feeling unfulfilled visit championyourlife.com and let's do this together it's time to get your life back on Burn Bright Today with Jennifer Marcinelli. Tune in each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn to move from the darkness of burning out to the light of burning bright. Jennifer is redefining stress and the energetic causes of burnout, shining a light on process to get your life back. For more information about Jennifer and her work, visit BurnBrightToday.com. 
Tune in to The Truth is Funny with Colette Steffen each Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show will have you thinking outside the box and riding the wave of infinite potential. Join Colette on the Higher Self Network, inspiring listeners to shine their brilliance and ensure success while roaring with laughter as they recognize the humor of the giant cosmic joke. Visit TheTruthIsFunny.com. Join Jennifer Noel Taylor on the hit show Quantum Touch Radio, supercharging your life on TransformationTalkRadio.com. You'll take a quantum journey as well as reveal powerful yet simple steps to create more abundance, better health, emotional and mental vibrancy, and happier relationships using universal quantum touch principles. For more information, visit QuantumTouch.com. Healing has a ripple effect. One person's healing affects everyone around them. This is where the power of sharing our stories can be so important. Tune in to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge each month on Transformation Talk Radio as Megan provides you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. Enact the power of radical change. To find out more about Megan Edge, visit her website at meganedge.ca. Welcome back to Center and Transformation Change Radio. I'm Dr. Kathy O'Bear. So delighted to be back with the president of Diverse Strategies Now, Alfred Ramirez. We're going to just keep talking about how do you do transformative equity, justice, racial justice change inside your organization. And first, could you just let people know how to find you? Because we've got the technical difficulties yeah. taken care of. How can people find you if they want to follow up or ask you questions? Sure. My website is diversestrategiesnow.com, diversestrategiesnow.com, all one word. Uh, and then I'm, you can look for me on LinkedIn. Uh, and uh, those two places, I think, would be best uh, to reach me. And if, okay. if worse comes to worse, contact Kathy. She can get a hold of me, too. Definitely. Work on her. Let it, let it come to me. Uh, don't give her more work. She's, out, she's doing so much. So it's diversestrategiesnow.com. And LinkedIn. Well, in your humor, Alfred, is a truth, I think, inside organizations. I find people in their privileged identities, particularly white, again, I'm at group level, not all, mm-hmm. often, as I said before break, will sit back and expect folks of color, indigenous folks to do the work or whatever the corresponding marginalized identity is. And so looking for ways to have folks in leadership who often have more privileged identities Mm-hmm. Do their part. So let's use that as a lead in. We were just starting to talk about what are ways you work with leaders, you coach folks, strategies to help folks increase awareness, commitment to want to do significant, sustainable change. Yeah, boy, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot there. So, so bottom line is move move away from statements to action, please, please. Move away from statement and get, get into action. How many um, how many employees and employee resource groups pushed back right after um, this summer when organizations were putting out their statements about injustice and racial racial racism and and uh, and they hadn't done anything up until that point and then it died down and and employees re- rightfully so reacted. You know this is all talk. Um, so so move from statements to to action. Uh, and move from value statements to actually valuing others. 
And also, if you observe your mission, and, and is, is it really including all equitably? And the key word here is equitably, not equally. Uh, you know, it's like some have seen those different diagrams where different people are standing on a box trying to look at, over a fence. How about, you know, lunch is $10. We're all going to, to, to team lunch, but you only have $5 in your pocket, you know, and, but equally you're going to pay. Well, equitably, you can't. Uh, so, so do move from from uh, your, your observe your mission statement and and how you're truly authentically acting on it. And that's the other thing too: be authentic, be who you are, or admit who you're not, and who you want to be, who you aspire to be. There's no shame in or blame in saying we're not there. We admit it, and and and, and this is where we want to be. What is that vision? And also, whose vision? Is it, you know, who's, who's doing the talking, who's, uh, who's, who's, uh, and who's doing the walking. You were talking about people doing the work, uh, who really is involved. And also don't make it a mandate. Uh, you know, this is, you know, you, you can say, yes, we will all do this, but what's the, this, what's the, why, what's the buy-in, what's the understanding. And also there's so many people that have a, a zero sum mentality. If you gain, I will lose. If you're in, I'm out. If you're, if you're promoted, I won't be. Well, how about let the best person, the most capable person, you know, move and move up. So I think just from the very beginning, that mindset and that authenticity uh, needs to be in place. As I hear you. I'm reminded how much time it takes, at least as my experience. Early on in my consulting, I would jump to action, training, coaching, let's move. And I didn't prepare the soil, leadership case, vision, get people buy-in, leaders looking at their competencies, rate themselves, develop their capacity so they could lead. Um, and the challenge I'm finding, I love your thoughts on this, is while we're preparing the soil and getting leaders so they're not just jumping to activity, but meaningful change that brings outcomes, not just action, equitable outcomes, closing the gap in exit interviews, closing the gap in retention, um, who we're hiring. So I'm finding that younger employees, particularly with one or more marginalized identities, tend to have more activist energy and want change faster than organizations do, even if they have effective consulting and coaching and movement. Are you mm -hmm. seeing that? Do you have strategies? I'm, I'm listening. Yeah. And I would say um, I, I'm always, uh, whenever we talk about, um, um, what would I call it, uh, generations, uh, I'm always cautious because there may be an oops and an ouch there for someone listening, saying, hey, I, I, I'm, for my age, I'm old school, or for my age, I'm new and, and modern and with it. Um, so I think a few things. Um, we have to look at, at um, and I was, actually I was thinking about this earlier, um, we have to look at things as an ecosystem. And that's really where I'm going to be going with my work lately. Uh, you know, as, I, as, as I'm evolving some, thought, uh, some thoughts or considerations, I'm looking at everything as an ecosystem, the interrelatedness of, every, of everything, the interconnections and the interdependence. What better lessons did we have for that for, by, by witnessing and experiencing the pandemic and the civil unrest that has occurred? 
that interdependency with people many look down upon who are actually their saviors, who was in the supermarkets when everyone else was told to stay home, who was in the field in the fields being sprayed on when everyone was taken told to stay stay home who was in the meatpacking plants uh with no uh you know uh safety measures forced to go back uh while we were sus being sustained um so we're in an ecosystem and i think for anyone who's impatient be patient with the process but act with a sense of urgency and also mm -hmm. know that if we're in, in, in an ecosystem uh, that my wants my needs um my expectations my vision is part of a whole and if I get ahead, who have I left behind uh, in, in the process? So I think that's kind of a better, a, a good way to frame things and to uh, frame our work around. Be patient with the process and act with a sense of thoughtful urgency. You mm -hmm. also mentioned something earlier, kind of collectively discuss the vision, collectively talk about the business case, mm -hmm. leadership case, the gap between where we want to be, where we are, strategies yeah. to move forward. And I think that's a huge pitfall for many leaders who get a sense of urgency when it's not useful and just we have to do this now because employees are upset or the shareholders are angry, as opposed to collective collaborative. And I don't know about you, but I grew up mm -hmm. in this U.S. system believing individual, you work hard, you make it. Right care for others, but it was from a paternalistic, I need to help you. So I think that aligns with all you're saying is we have to bust that up. It's not about pull yourself by your bootstraps, but collectively, how can we all move forward together? Right, right. And you know, that it, you know, how about that for a myth, you know, that, you know, anybody can achieve great things if they just pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Yes, but when I do that, uh, you, you add another floor to the building and I have to climb another set of stairs. Uh, and then when I do that, you add another wing to the building. Uh, and when you do that, you start to hold your meetings in the basement. So, so yes, uh, we can pull ourselves up by the bootstrap if we all have the same road. Um, the other thing um, that you're mentioning, I'm going to use a case in point. I'm working with a group right now that contacted me uh, a, a year ago, last, uh, not, not this past August, last August, August before. They wanted to embark on diversity, equity, inclusion work. Actually, they called it equity, diversity, and inclusion, knowing that equity was key. Uh, you can be diverse, but how equitable and inclusive are you? Um, and they put it on hold. They contacted me again in, in this summer and asked, can we start now? They're in the performing arts space. So you can imagine all, everything that got shut down with the work and even their own sustainability. Would they be around tomorrow? They're being very pragmatic. One of the first things they did was put into by their bylaws, equity, diversity, and inclusion uh, language into their bylaws. So they've codified it. They've, they've uh, institutionalized it. Even before they knew what the what was, uh, they had a sense of the why, but still we're working to spell it out. We're looking at focus groups, uh, internal assessment, and surveys. Good. Uh, just to start, to get a baseline. Where are we? Where are we not? And is there, and here's an important thing. Is there a willingness to do this work? Uh, you know, are people really willing to do it? And, and let's find that out. And to what degree does that pushback exist? And you all, you constantly in our, in our conversations and in our group settings have talked about the pushback um, that occurs in this work. 
So they're very pragmatically and systematically um, creating a, this, this landscape to then get us to a plan. Uh, and all along the way, it, uh, we have a task force that's, that's inclusive and, and diverse. And, um, and, it, and even that's just the surface. We don't know what their intersectionality is even below their appearance or how they show up for all the other things that they represent in their fabric and in their character. So that's how pragmatic we need to be in doing this work. Pragmatic, systemic, uh, and institutionalized, uh, institutionalized in the work and develop metrics so that we can measure what, how we've moved the dial and where's growth and also where are the gaps. It sounds like strict strategic planning, but there's so much more involved here. So many more oops and ouch moments, uh, fears, and, and pushback. And I'm reminded again, if you can have the whole organization involved in these processes, they may learn to trust and maybe begin to believe that the leaders are serious as they watch very clear action and movement and their voices are considered and used. And they're able to learn about microaggressions and engage and and get some of that internal capacity building. Mm -hmm. You said resistance. Um, we were on a call recently where someone shared something like, person of color said they got a very clear perform uh, performance feedback negative. You're taking this personally. And I wondered if you would start there because you said something in the chat really powerful and since then, I've heard three other folk of color say they're getting white supervisors are critiquing them and trying to put them back into the performative box, tone policing, saying you're taking this personally, you're not being professional. Resistance, advice, what do you do? Mm -hmm. so, um, <laughs> so first of all, do take it personally because they are making it personal. Uh, so in that, in that sense, yeah, yes, I'm taking it personally. Wouldn't you, if, uh, you were being, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, if all of this were happening to you, um, we, I, I think so several things. One is uh, you can tell when you're being pushed out or pushed down, held back or, rest you know, restrained or even shut out. Um, you know, are those, are you part of that email string anymore? Are you invited to those meetings or not? Um, in a meeting, are you given five minutes to talk about 50 minutes worth of work? Uh, are you tabled? Are you interrupted? Is someone stealing your idea? Um, all, the, all those things that happen uh, just in that team setting. So there's that piece. Um, when your livelihood is on the line and your life's work and advocation, uh, or vocation, I should say, is on the line, it is personal. So immediately debrief folks, uh, you know, confide in someone that you trust, develop allies. It's very important to have mentors and sponsors, sometimes above your supervisor's line of command um, in, in, in this instance, and, and, to, and to really think about how they can help leverage uh, you and the work. The other thing is put it back on them. These are the deliverables. These are the tasks. Uh, this is what we are challenged to do and tasked to do, not I. The, you know, there's no I in team. We. And this is where we're falling short. 
So at the end of the day, it's not about whether or not I have failed, whether or not we have failed as a team, whether you have failed as, as a supervisor, director, or manager. So how, uh, how can you help me help you? And uh, this work is so important as, as we've heard from the, from the top at the highest levels. Um, how can we show you know, save your face and act with grace as we do this work? And, and, and constant, and also rehearse. You know, I have found myself in some very difficult situations where I had to literally rehearse what I was going to say and also time it. I had rehearsed dialogue for when the moment was right. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, and, and, and what, I, what I called choreographed outrage. <laughs> so, so. That is so good. I'm sorry. Well, the cost to folks in minoritized identities, particularly folk of color, indigenous folks, to, to supervisor, folks even higher up, or even peer whites to speak up, speak out, unapologetically raise issues, huge career impacting risk compared to if a white accomplice says the exact same thing, actually we get rewarded and seen as a leader so choreographed outrage outrage thank you <laughs> and that that yeah. is a strategy a survival thriving strategy for folks in marginalized identity who might mm -hmm. be a cumulative impact already the organization is toxic so how do you work to survive if not thrive mm. um yeah and kathy as, as you replay things back and then add to the discourse um, I do want to say that you know, anyone listening uh, of, of whatever background, um, you know, be an active, act, be the activist ally. Don't let somebody die in front of you. Don't let someone perish in front of you. Don't let somebody whittle away in front of you. Get in there, for God's sake. Because I remember... When someone said this, you said, how can you not take this personally? But you were speaking to white people white. when we were on the call. At least that's how I took you in. And until we all take it personally, we're not getting very far. So what I just mm -hmm. got from what you said, I asked particularly people in leadership, what's your passion for Jedi work, justice, mm -hmm. equity, inclusion? I'm going to start asking how and why do you take this personally? Why do you need to take this personally? You were so gracious. Well, you were role-playing as someone by hierarchy and also as a person of color marginalized, how you were helping the white leader say, I want to support you being successful because we all need to be doing it. So that was your strategy. As a white person, I can maybe even be even more direct and say, if you don't take it personally, you actually are going to be left behind if you are not a part of this and you are having people die in front of you. So powerful, mm. Alfred, when you just mm. shared that, somebody, mm. oh, so powerful. Mm. Yeah, how can you want someone waste away? Waste uh, away. And their soul, their soul stolen, you know? Folks, listen, please just keep breathing, because if you're relating to Alfred, very powerful terms, but tell me where I'm wrong, Alfred, you're finding, particularly folk of color, indigenous folks, putting... 200% in, committed, and white folks still saying it's not enough. So mm. 
if folks are getting some of those signs, you made like eight or 10. It's one thing to have a microaggressions interrupted, spoken over, or not in a meeting. What you did is framed it as, if these are cumulative impact, it could be folks are trying to work you out. I'm not saying to leave, but what advice mm -hmm. do you have um, or systems or even to white folks when they notice some of the colleagues of color, they're getting some of this racist impact and some whites are trying to move these truth tellers, unapologetic um, change agents out. What, what systems, advice for white folk, what can they be doing, evokes advice for the folk of color who are getting moved out and they're experiencing those just devastating impacts. Mm. Well, you know, I had never thought about it to do right literally this moment. You know, a lot of times we tell people to document everything, right? Um, you know, I never thought of documenting on someone else's behalf. Uh, you know, if, if someone's constantly being the target, uh, well, on what day and at what time, what was said? Um, you know what? Because some at some point, regardless of whether it happens or not, I've been asked to be a witness or a contributor to someone's uh, protest or their firing, you know, where I've had uh, someone call me and say, would you serve uh, in this wrong, uh, as, as a witness in this wrong firing? Well, how am I going to remember everything that happened to them? But, but even, even more than that, how is this leader or so-called leader in name only impacting the entire team? You know, we talk about belonging and everyone bringing their full self and everyone contributing, and then we're all a team and rah, rah, rah. Uh, how is this lead, so-called leader or non-leader contributing to the demise of the team? Um, you know, the dysfunction of the team. There's a book on the five, I think it's the five dysfunctions of the team. Uh, so document it yourself. Uh, you know, sometimes the person being attacked is so, so you know, they're so worn down or they're in that moment, they're not capturing everything. So, so be an ally that way, simply put. Um, yeah, that's such one thing. A, such a great uh, new strategy. What else? Uh, so the, the, the other thing is, um, you, you know, literally, so I, you know, in one workshop, I asked people uh, the following question. And it's, it's very, it's, I'm not, I'm, I'm shocked every time uh, when, I, when, I, when I ask a question and get the answer. My question is usually um, in the last week, not counting this week, up until this day, the week before, or even uh, have you encountered, uh, have you experienced a microaggression? One. Two, have you observed a microaggression and did nothing? Three, have you um, actually perpetrated a microaggression? Uh, and four, did you do something? So I guess there's not, my math is off, three or four questions there. Uh, and, and, and also, you can answer one, two, three, or four, or all of the above. And it's amazing uh, that uh, the, the, the dial is so tilted to the side of um, observing, experiencing, actually being a perpetrator. I think people in the room are shocked that the, uh, that the amount of perpetrators in the room. Um, so the point here is, to, to what degree are you a contributor to this toxic environment or, or, a, or, a, or, or playing a neutral role? Uh, and and when, when, how can you step up? All that bystander training that folks may have had, applying it to creating greater equity inclusion in addition to intervening on sexual harassment, which is often where those trainings are in an organization. Um, we just have a few more minutes. I, I, I had a new question as you were 
talking <laughs> as I looked at your resume more closely. I'm finding with the focus on anti-blackness and anti-indigenous off of Mr. George Floyd, the murder of Mr. George Floyd, I wonder if Latinx, Latinas, Latinas and organizations, if we have not held also much less Asian, Asian Americans. So I think we have to do them all. And I, even my colleagues who are talking about anti-Blackness agree. And how do we do it all? The questions I have for you either, I can go anywhere you want, but how do you hold all? And are there some specific ways to amplify dynamics that Latinx, Latinos, Latinos experience that might get missed if we are only focused on anti-Blacks? So audience, make sure I'm not doing either or, I'm doing, actually, we need to hold it all, and I don't think we have the capacity to yet. Mm. Well, there's a lot there in that question, Kathy. Um, and my mind is spinning with different thoughts. Um, let me, uh, I, I have a, fr a phrase. I, I, I often attempt to frame the universe. So, so, okay, in this universe of issues here, how can we frame it and break it down? Um, one first thought is pain is pain, hurt is hurt, okay? Uh, and one's experience is one's own, and they and, and they alone know to what degree they're experiencing or feeling that one piece. The other is whose who's time at the moment, what issues are around what people uh, have occurred uh, that 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 mobilizes all to to that to that hot flash point, that hot spot. Also, like anything, strength in numbers. Uh, so if we're going to accomplish radical change, and, and let's look at it as radical change, uh, and if some people's radical is another person normal, this is what should be, but things are so in disarray that it will take radical change to get even to a place of, um, you know, a ground set. Uh, the thought I was going to come back to is that I, I, don't, I don't know that we do enough about learning BIPOC folks I think we need to do more around learning each other's histories and each other's hopes and dreams and tragedies. Um, Manzanar, Japanese internment, um, you know, that the, the March of Tears, uh, the Walk of Tears, uh, Native Americans, Latinos. I, I, I want to get a T-shirt that says, I didn't cross the border, the border crossed me. I grew up in California, Mexico, New, Me uh, New Mexico, Texas, Arizona, you know, parts of the country that were, you know, Right there, they they were on the other side of the border, um, not all those places I mentioned. But um, so, what do we know about others' history of impression and colonization? Uh, and if you really look at most marginalized groups, they share that type of a history or oppression uh, uh, at a key point in time. Anytime a group has come in numbers, anytime a group is beginning to impact and influence and, and achieve, uh, the rules are changed or there's a clampdown. Um, so uh, it's, it's not about who's up first uh, and who's hitting sixth, uh, you know, in the ninth inning. Uh, it's really about collectively, what do we know about each other and, and where do we intersect? Uh, where are we very comparable? Yeah, I was on a video, a Zoom, and I know we're running short on time, and I was hurt. I had an ouch moment where someone re in response, and I'm in the room, so I'm in the room where it happened. Someone said, well, you know, Latinos can pass. 
<laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, you know, and, you, know you, you, you don't have it as bad. Literally, they said, you yeah. don't have it as bad and you can pass. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's not the same as having come in chains. Uh, and as, again, as I said, that is dramatic and traumatic and specific to the group. Uh, Hispanics have been colonized, decimated, uh, and wiped out. Uh, Latinos in tribes, indigenous folks. Uh, and that's not to talk about any one group uh, or, or person. That was one person's opinion. But we really need not to get in the name blame or whose pain is greater, whose hurt is greater, whose history is more tragic or traumatic, because the impact and the influence to this day is right before our eyes for all BIPOC folks and other marginalized people. The Oppression Olympics, which someone named it that. Yeah, yeah. Set up by the systems and white people. We can divide and conquer folk of color, indigenous folk. We keep the system. I love that way of being. Mm. Tell your own story and the story of your peoples and the story of racism, colonization that impact your ancestry as well as today mm-hmm. takes time, but affinity spaces and organizations can do some of that on their own, learning about other groups and then come together. Can you imagine if organizations did two day oh, affinity right. and that may not be enough, but affinity leader development, right. leader empowerment, I don't know what we call it, but mm-hmm. invested in folk of color in these ways, different affinity spaces facilitated. So powerful. Awareness to action. I can see it now. Awareness to action. Mm. Mm. And the, so much I'm taking away. One was whose time is it in this moment? So mm. not either or. You get more slice of the pie. It's in this moment. Radical change come together. And in that process, who else do we need to be paying attention? Love it. Mm-hmm. We probably have a few minutes left. Um, anything else you want to share? Because you've talked about being an empath and many folk of color just absorbing the emotions and energy of others as they're trying to support themselves, other folk of color, indigenous folk mm-hmm. in a very white supremacist toxic system. So we got about five minutes left. Save me a few to close out. But what are your thoughts for self-care, community care? So, so a, re- a, re- a reset for everyone is we need to change our no- notion of normal. So for a while, early in the pandemic and, and civil unrest, people were talking about when can we get back to normal? Well, some people would argue that that normal was not very good for me. Uh, so we're, there is no normal to go back to. And also, there is no new normal or next normal. It's just the future now. So we need to really frame how we think and where we're going to go with that because there's a nostalgia that 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 should just be put aside uh and how real and true is that for all involved Uh, i um do suffer uh uh, from uh racial fatigue empathetic empathy fatigue uh at times uh, more than others for just absorbing being an empath and being a sponge if you're if you're caring and sharing you will absorb I'm having to really look at self-care. I call it, and I, I, it all comes down to hygiene, mental hygiene, not just physical hygiene, mental hygiene, psychological hygiene. Uh, you, you know, all everything that we are and uh, on all of our makeup, our fabric, really just le- le- getting the toxics, the toxins out. Uh, if, if you go away with anything today, anyone listening, 
you know, identify those toxins and if it's toxic people, toxic situations, toxic self uh, hurt or harm. Um, and, and it might look benign on the surface, but really you're hurting yourself at, 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 at some, point, some point. Get out of there. Uh, you know, I, I would I would leave that with folks. And also, it happened in one of our communication in one of our groups, Kathy, that you hosted, and it, and I've taken it away ever since that conversation. With, with conversation is is identify what it is that is within your sphere of influence and that you can control. Because there's so many things that are at, at some point out of our control, and uh, and we need to again frame the universe. What is within our sphere of influence, and and what is it that we can control? I think we can keep a, a bit, uh, you know, healthier that way. I love it. I am reminded of the Angela Davis quote. I'm gonna change the things I didn't do before. I I, I wish people look it up because mm -hmm. I come out of twelve steps, so with serenity and she's like yes and <laughs> right <laughs> gotta change more because i think all right a couple minutes quick um if you don't mind what do you say mm -hmm. when somebody says i don't have time i don't deserve self-care healing and then please let people know how they can find you and then we got to close i'm so sorry sure sure first of all if we get cut off diverse strategies now.com and and facebook I mean, I'm sorry, LinkedIn, LinkedIn and diversestrategiesnow.com. Um, if, you, if you can't love yourself, how can you love others? And how can you allow others to love you uh, on a very basic, uh, fundamental level? That's one piece. The other is, who are you modeling uh, for? You know, do you have children? Do you have uh, dependents? Are you dependent on others? What message are you sending them? Uh, when you don't care for yourself. And at some point, don't fool yourself. You can't go on that way. You, you, you can't neglect yourself continuously uh, for a long period of time because you will start to break up you know, your health uh, on all levels, uh, your ability to even think in the moment. So please, if you really care about others, care for yourself first or in equal measure. Mm. And be here for the long haul. We need all of you. You all came here. You self-selected to be here today or later if you listen to the recording. Be part, of, be part of the solution for yourself as well as for the rest of the world or the corner of the world that you're trying to save. Mm. Thank you so much, Alfred Ramirez, for joining today. So much wisdom. I'm taking away so much. Kathy O'Bear, I will see you all next month. Thank you again, Alfred. You've been listening to Dr. Kathy O'Bear on Transformation Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in, and be sure to catch us next time as Kathy inspires listeners to become agents of change, motivate, innovate, and speak truth to power. Step into the courageous you that will change the world. Connect to life-changing conversations to extend your reach. For more information on Kathy and her work, please visit drkathyobear.com. That's drkathyobear.com.